In this episode of The Godwood Girl, Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study, we are diving into Genesis chapters 13 through 15. I'm Stephanie Rodnes, and welcome to the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. My goal is to encourage the discouraged with scripture, inspiration, and resources to help you do exactly what God purposed you to do on this earth, become a Christian entrepreneur. The definition of a Godwood girl is a woman of Christ who says yes to her God-given purpose, no matter what everyone else tries to say or do. So if you are stepping into your purpose as a Christian entrepreneur, welcome to the Godwood Girl Sisterhood. You are my people, and I can't wait to meet you. Now let's dive into today's episode. And remember, if you want to join me for these live recordings on Godwood Girl's Instagram feed, join me at Godwood Girl on Instagram now. Let's dive right in. All right, sisters, praise Jesus. We are here. We're in a new week. We're in a new month. We're in October. Glory to Jesus for that. And I am so excited to be diving into the OG of generational promises, the OG of the first blessings given to human beings because of faith. Woo! The story of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, like God is so good. Let me tell you, God is so good. And I'm just, I've been so excited diving into Genesis. So if you girls don't know, I actually read these chapters on my own time in the morning. So for me, I'm actually at about Genesis 40 right now. (laughs) Um, But it's very exciting just seeing how God always, always, always stays true to his word. So If you're going through a season in your life where you're not sure what's going to happen, there's so many unknowns, there's so many uncertainties, refer back to the book of Genesis, the OG of generational blessings, because you, my sister, because you believe in Jesus, you are guaranteed all of Abraham's inheritance. Every single promise God gave to Abraham is given to you because you are declared righteous because you say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. So... That's why I have been loving the book of Genesis. Let me know what you think. Send me a direct message on Instagram. My handle is Godlywood Girl. Or you can even leave a review on iTunes or Shopify. I'd love to hear what you think. So sisters of Christ, let's dive in with a word of prayer. Father God in heaven, thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to read your word and hear what you have to say. Father God, we pray your blessing over the reading of your word. Help us be able to hear what you want us to hear and see what you want us to see. Thank you for the opportunity to be your kid. I cannot thank you enough. And I just pray your healing, your blessing, your spiritual restoration over this entire nation, over this entire world, Father God, that we may be able to worship you in spirit and truth like you so deserve, Father. I love you so much. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, sisters, we are reading the easy reading version, and we're going to start with Genesis chapter 13. So Abram left Egypt. He traveled through the Negev with his wife and everything he owned. Lot was also with them. Now, if you remember from our last Bible study, Lot is actually Abraham's nephew. He's his brother's son, okay? So at this time, Abram was very rich. He had many animals and much silver and gold. Abram continued traveling around. He left the Negev and went back to Bethel. He went to the place between the city of Bethel and Ai, or A, where he and his family had camped before. This was where Abram had built an altar earlier. So he worshiped the Lord there. This is one thing that I love about Abraham, right? Studying his story. He always includes the Lord no matter where he's at in his journey. I was like really thinking about, wow, (laughs) even when he went to Egypt and he was nervous, right? That they were going to kill him because they wanted Sarah. 
he still was praying to the Lord. Even if he's traveling in a new direction or he's going back to an old direction, he is still worshiping the Lord. And it really reminded me to make Jesus and worshiping him a, a singular part of every single step I take on my journey. I need to make sure I'm not getting too busy. I'm not getting too distracted and saying, oh, let me just spend five minutes with the Lord because I have so much to do today. Abraham made his worship of the Lord a priority no matter what level he was at on his journey. So we need to make sure we're doing the same thing, sisters in Christ. Verse 5, during this time, Lot was also traveling with Abram. Lot had many animals and tents. Abram and Lot had so many animals that the land could not support both of them together. The Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the sand at the same time. The shepherds of Abram and Lot began to argue. So Abram said to Lot, there should be no arguing between you and me or between your people and my people. We're all brothers. We should separate. You can choose any place you want. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked and saw the whole Jordan Valley. He saw that there was much water there. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. At that time, the Jordan Valley all the way to the Zor was like the Lord's garden. This was good land, like the land of Egypt. So Lot chose to live in the Jordan Valley. The two men separated, and Lot began traveling east. Abram stayed in the land of Canaan, and Lot lived among the cities in the valley. Lot moved as far as Sodom and made his camp there. So later on, we're going to see why this matters, right? <laughs> Verse 13, the Lord knew that the people of Sodom were very evil sinners. After Lot left, the Lord said to Abram, Look around you. Look north, south, east, and west. All this land that you see, I will give to you and your people who live after you. This will be your land forever. I will make your people so many that they will be like the dust of the earth. If people could count all the particles of dust on earth, they could count your people. So go, walk through your land. I now give it to you. So Abram moved his tents. He went to live near the big trees of Mamre. This was near the city of Hebron. There he built an altar to honor the Lord. Look, once again, Abram goes to a new place. What does he do? He worships the Lord. He makes giving God glory a priority. He spends time with the Lord no matter where he's at. Now, that's Genesis chapter 13. And I just did a Bible study with my sister-in-law, her husband, my husband, my cousin, and one of the things that really stuck out to me was when my sister-in-law, we were reading the same story, and she pointed out something I've never really seen in the scripture before until she pointed it out. Sometimes when we are, when God has taken us to our next level of success, sometimes we as human beings, we want to take all of our family and all of our friends with us, right? We want to take the people who have been with us for years, We've been chilling together on the phone together, hanging together for years and years and years. We want to make sure if we're good, our family's good, our friends are good, right? But the problem is sometimes your friends and your family, they just don't have the mindset necessary for you to be able to step into everything God has for you. Sometimes those friends and those family members will actually block your success, will actually block your blessing. And they don't do it intentionally. It's just that their mindset is not the same as what yours is. So by you trying to bring them with you, you're actually slowing down your own growth. And we can see this with Abraham and Lot. Abraham took his nephew with him, right? 
when God called Abram to go, right, and leave his father's home, Abram took his nephew with him. And they go to Egypt and they get all these blessings and now they have all this stuff, all these sheep, all these riches, all these, all these people with them, right? And because Lot's <laughs> mindset was not the same as Abram's, their people started to clash. Instead of understanding we're all brothers, we're all sharing the stuff, Lot's shepherds were starting to fight with Abram's shepherds because they were fighting over resources, fighting over who's got this and whose is that. And that was not the right mindset. And now because of that, Abram wasn't able just to expand into the land as God intended him to. He had to watch out to make sure he wasn't stepping on his nephew's toes. So Abram did the wisest thing that he could have done. And this is really difficult sometimes for us to do as women of Christ because we want to take everybody with us, of course. But Abram recognized that he could not continue to grow and prosper as long as his nephew was there and they were stepping on each other's toes. He was trying to drag his nephew <laughs> into this promise that God had given him. But what God gave him was for him. And he had to make sure that whoever was in that circle of influence, which is what E.T. Thomas calls it, also understood that they were brothers serving the most high God. And so Abram did the wisest thing. He's like, Lot, listen, I ain't going to tell you where to go, but you can't stay here. <laughs> if you go to the left, I'll go to the right. You go to the east, I'll go to the west. And look at what Lot did. Lot looked at what the best land was and took it for himself. Even though his uncle had taken him from his father's land and helped him be able to get all this stuff when they went through Egypt, Lot didn't think about that. He said, I'm going to get for myself what I want for myself, right? And he took the best. And Abram wasn't even angry about it. Abram was like, cool, 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 cool. It's good. You go there, fine. I'll go the other direction. So he actually went back to where he was before. And that's when, when, fin when they finally separated, right? And Abram finally understood this was his promise that God gave him. This was his anointing. This was his journey. After Lot left, Look at what God said to Abram. He said, look around you. Look north, south, east, west. All this land that you see, I will give to you and your people who live after you. So go, verse 17. So go walk through your land. I now give it to you. You see what happens when you release the people from your circle who were never meant to be there? That's when you finally give God room to give you everything you were meant to have. Because now you're not worrying about, oh, the shepherds are fighting again. Oh, the sheep are getting intermingled. Oh, Lot's servants are fighting with my servants. Oh, everybody's. Now you don't have to focus on all that little stuff that shouldn't have been happening in the first place. And now you can hear what God has for you. You can walk into your land. You can look to the left, to the right, before you, behind you, and see everything God has for you because you're no longer being blocked by people who are not supposed to be there. And I know, I understand. I, I know that you're probably thinking about somebody's name right now. I know I am. You're probably thinking about somebody's name right now who you know is honestly holding you back a little bit. And you're trying your hardest to pull them forward with you, to drag them along this journey, to yank them with you because you don't want to step into your blessing alone. You want to go with your family, and I understand it. But sis, let's take a lesson from Abram's playbook, okay? You have to release them. 
You have to let them know, I love you. I support you. I'm always here for you. But baby girl, I cannot pull you up this mountain by myself anymore. If you want to come up, you got to walk. I can't pull you with me anymore because it's slowing me down. Because every time I go up two steps, I'm going back down to grab you and take those two steps. Now I take two more steps. Now I got to go back down, grab you, take those two other steps. Rather than me just continuing to move forward, move forward, move forward to my summit, I'm always going back to pull you. And I can't do it anymore. I love you. I pray God's blessing over you. But this is your journey. And I got to walk on mine. So I know it's difficult. I know it's tough. But I truly believe there's a reason God finally helped Abram see all that was his after they separated from Lot. All right, so thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Let's pause for a moment for today's sponsor. So let's pick up with Genesis chapter 14. Am Raphael was the king of Babylon. Ariok was the king of Elisar. Kedah Lamar was the king of Elam. And Tidal was the king of Goim. All these kings fought a war against King Beria of Sodom, King Bersha of Gomorrah, King Shinab of Adma, King Shember of Zembala, and the king of Bela. Bela is also called Zor. All these kings joined their armies in the Valley of Sidon. The Valley of Sidon is now the Salt Sea. These kings had served Ketelamar for 12 years, but in the 13th year, they all rebelled against him. So in the 14th year, King Ketelamar and the kings with him came to fight against them. Ketelamar and the kings with him defeated the Raphites in Asherath Karanim. They also defeated the Zuzites in Ham. They, defe- they defeated the Emites in Sheba Carithium, and they defeated the Horites who lived in the area from the hill country of Sarah to El Paran. El Paran is near the desert. Then King Ketelamar turned back, went to En Mishpat, this is Kadesh, and defeated the Amalekites. He also defeated the Amorites living in Hazan Tamar. At that time, the kings of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zebom, and Bela, also known as Zor, joined together to fight against their enemies in the Valley of Siddim. They fought against King Ketelamar of Elam, King Tidal of Goim, King Amphorel of Babylonia, and King Arioch of Elisar. So there were four kings fighting against five. There were many holes filled with tar in the Valley of Siddim. When the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah and their armies ran away, some of the soldiers fell into these holes, but the others ran away to the mountains. So Ketelamar and his armies took everything that the people of Sodom and Gomorrah owned. They took all their food and their clothing and left. Lot, the son of Abram's brother, was living in Sodom, and they captured him. They also took everything he owned and left. One of the men who had escaped went to Abram the Hebrew and told him what happened. Abram was camped near the trees of Mamre the Amorite, Mamre, Isco, and Aner had made an agreement to help each other. They had also signed an agreement to help Abram. So I just want to pause here. We were just talking about how when Abram finally separated from Lot, that's when he got clear instructions, right? Of look at all the land. Look at this is what you're going to get. Walk through your land, right? Look what happened. Now Abram got to go save Lot again. <laughs> Sometimes when you try to bring people with you, it's going to take you out of your journey, out of your path. It's going to be a distraction for you. So be careful. As God is leading you to start your business, to start your ministry, to open your nonprofit, be careful of trying to get everybody to come with you, okay? You need to have discernment. 
and understand who God has really placed in your life to help you achieve these goals. Sometimes you got to start by yourself. It is what it is. Sometimes it's going to be just you and Jesus creating this business, creating this ministry. And you have to realize that you cannot drag other people up to the summit with you. You have to go going, just following the direction God has given you. So verse 14, when Abram learned that Lot was captured, he called all of his family together. There were 318 trained soldiers. He led the men and chased the enemy all the way to the town of Dan. That night, he and his men made a surprise attack against the enemy. They defeated them and chased them to Hobah, north of Damascus. Then Abram brought back everything the enemy had stolen, as well as the women and servants, his nephew Lot, and everything Lot owns. Let me tell you something, sisters in Christ. When God has a blessing over you, he has a blessing over you. This wasn't even Abram's fight, right? Lot chose to go to Sodom when he knew Sodom was full of sin. And you're going to see in a few chapters, Lot knew exactly what was going on in Sodom, right? He still chose to go over there. Even, even though this was not Abram's fight, he went over there to take up for his nephew. God still blessed him in the battle. And I love that about God. God always stands true to his promises. God always does what he says. God told Abram in the chapter before, look around you to the east, to the west, to the north, and the south. This is all your land. I'm giving this to all your descendants. Walk around your land, right? So in the next chapter, Abram didn't have to fear going out and battling these people. Why? Because he knew what God said. He wasn't going to die. <laughs> he knew he had the Lord's protection around him and his family. He knew his family, he could send those 318 out with confidence. He knew they were coming back because he knew what God said. And God kept his promise. Not only was Abram and his family kept safe, they were also able to get back Lot. They were also able to get back treasure. <laughs> They're able to get back more than they even left with. Praise Jesus. When God tells you something, sister in Christ, he always does what he says. So verse 17, then Abram went home after he defeated Ketelamar and the kings with him. On his way home, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Sheba. This is now called King's Valley. Melchizedek, the king of Salem, and a priest of God most high, oh, I like that, also went to meet Abram. He brought bread and wine. He blessed Abram and said, Abram, may you be blessed by God most high, the one who made heaven and earth. And we praise God most high, who helped you defeat your enemies. Abram gave Melchizedek one-tenth of everything he had taken during the battle. Then the king of Sodom told Abram, Give me my people who are captured, but you can keep everything else. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, this is wisdom right here, sisters. Verse 22, but Abram said to the king of Sodom, I promise the Lord, the God most high, the one who made heaven and earth, I promise that I will not keep anything that is yours, not even a thread or a sandal strap. I don't want you to say I made Abram rich. The only thing I will accept is the food that my young men have eaten, but you should give the other men their share. Take what we want in battle and give some to Anar, Eshkol, and Mamre. These men helped me in the battle. And I truly believe that Abram said all that because he knew how much sin was in Sodom. And he knew what was really going on. He's like, bro, I don't want your stuff, okay? <laughs> I don't want your stuff. You may think you're trying to bless me, but really, all that energy over there, you keep that where you are. I'm going to keep my nephew. 
I'm going to keep my food that I ate. Other than that, you take your things and you go back. And sometimes we as Christian entrepreneurs, we need to do the exact same thing. Even if somebody's coming to us with a with what looks like a blessing, okay? It looks like an asset. It looks like something that will help us. If you know good and well, the intention behind that person is not a heart of Christ, is not to serve God, you need to make sure you take that into account when you consider whether or not you're going to accept that gift or accept that invoice or accept that contract or accept that partnership. Because intention matters. You're going to see later on how Sodom and Gomorrah gets destroyed because they are so evil and God is having none of it. And had Abram not exercised wisdom in this moment, he could have accidentally tied himself to the king of Sodom. He could have accidentally made that king of Sodom and Sodom think, oh yeah, Abram's my dude. Oh yeah, we, we tell him all the time, I gave Abram this, I gave Abram that. And now, instead of the, the fear of the Lord spreading throughout the land, now people are thinking about, oh, King Sodom is the one who blessed Abram and gave him all that stuff. Abram was very, very wise. He did not want to tie himself to something that was not of God. And for us as Christian entrepreneurs, even if it seems like a good opportunity, think about it. Is this going to give God glory? If you saying yes to this partnership or contract or business uh, venture or whatever it is, is going to give God glory. Cool. If not, use that discernment, the same one that Abram had and think to yourself, is this really the kind of partnership I want to enter into? So Genesis chapter 15, after all these things happened, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. God said, Abram, don't be afraid. I will defend you and give you a great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, there's nothing you can give me that will make me happy because I have no son. My slave Elazar from Damascus will get everything I own after I die. Abram said, you have given me no son, so a slave born in my house will get everything I have. Then the Lord spoke to Abram and said, that slave will not be the one to get what you have. You will have a son who will get everything you own. Verse 5, then God led Abram outside and said, look at the sky. See the many stars. There are so many, you cannot count them. Your family will be like that. Verse 6, Abram believed the Lord, and because of this faith, the Lord accepted him as one who has done what is right. Mm. Ooh, let me pause at, at, at verse 6. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Listen to this. Abram believed the Lord, and because of this faith, the Lord accepted him as one who has done what is right. Girl, you ever have those days when you when you end up making a silly mistake? Like, I know for me, there are things that I know don't please God. And so when I make a mistake and I do those things that I know don't please God, oh, I can be so hard on myself and just feel guilty and ashamed. But then I think about Genesis 15, verse 6. And it's because that I believe God. It's because I believe in what he did on the cross. It's because I believe that Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior. That is what God declares me as righteous for. Not what I've done today, not what sins I've committed, not what sins I messed up on and made a mistake with. It's because I believe in the, the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross. That is what makes God declare me as righteous. And when I understand that, it frees me from that guilt holding me back from doing the things I know God wants me to do. So sister in Christ, please know it is your faith in the Lord that has God accept you as one who does what is right. It's not the stuff you're doing. Listen, the works that we do 
are a result of our faith, okay? The good things that we do, the mission work we want to do, the businesses we want to start, the, the way we want to serve people, sharing the gospel of Christ, discipleship, all of that is as a result of us believing in Jesus. But it's not what makes us righteous. What makes us righteous is believing in Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. That's what makes God declare us as righteous. So if you make mistakes, forgive yourself. Ask Jesus to forgive you. And sis, you need to forgive yourself. You got to let it go. Because your works are not what make you righteous anyway. <laughs> it's believing in Jesus. And I love this verse. I, I highly recommend you write that verse down. That's something I remind myself of all the time. So verse 7. He said to Abram, I am the Lord who led you from Ur of Babylonia. I did this so I could give you this land. You will own this land. But Abram said, Lord God, how can I be sure that I will get this land? God said to Abram, we will make an agreement. Bring me a three-year-old cow, a three-year-old goat, a three-year-old ram, a dove, and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these to God. Abram killed these animals and cut each of them into two pieces. Then he laid each half across from the other half. He did not cut the birds into two pieces. Later, large birds flew down to eat the animals, but Abram chased them away. The sun began to go down, and Abram got very sleepy. When he was asleep, a very terrible darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to Abram, You should know this. Your descendants will live in a country that is not their own. They will be strangers there. The people there will make them slaves and be cruel to them for 400 years. But then I will punish the nation that made them slaves. Your people will leave that land, and they will take many good things with them. You yourself will live to be very old. You will die in peace and will be buried with your family. After four generations, your people will come to this land again and defeat the Amorites. That will happen in the future because the Amorites are not yet guilty enough to lose their land. After the sun went down, it got very dark. The dead animals were still on the ground, each animal cut into two pieces. Then a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between the halves of the dead animals. Verse 18. So on that day, the Lord made a promise and an agreement with Abram. He said, I will give this land to your descendants. I will give them the land between the river of Egypt and the great river Euphrates. This is the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Kadamites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Raphites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Gergesites, and the Jebusites. And sisters in Christ, that is Genesis chapter 15. And that is our promise as well. That is our promise as well. If God told you something, he's going to do it, period. He is going to do it because God always does what he says. So sister in Christ, if the Lord is calling you to start a business and he gave you this vision of this successful business that serves millions of people, but you still have not started, I completely understand. I get the fear. I get the feeling like, oh my gosh, am I really going to do this, right? <laughs> I have a free Christian business toolkit that'll help you just figure out those foundation blocks of starting a Christian business online. You can get it for free by going to purposegift.com slash business kit. The link is in the description box of this episode. And if you're like, well, Stephanie, Yes, I do believe I'm meant to start a business. I have felt that since I was a kid. But honestly, the part that I'm struggling with right now is salvation. It's faith. It's understanding that I'm declared righteous because I believe in Jesus. Because honestly, I'm not sure yet if I have, right? If that's your situation, I want you to know that you're not alone. Many people grow up in church without ever really making that 
decision to accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so what that means is trusting in Jesus is believing in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And if you want to make that decision today, it's very, very simple. I want you to say this prayer with me. You're going to say, Dear Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose again. Today, I believe in you as my personal Lord and Savior. Sister in Christ, if you said that prayer, welcome to the kingdom. Angels are literally celebrating you right now. Your name has been written in the book of life. Nobody can take it out. Get into a virtual Bible-based church in your area and get started reading the word of God. It's literally like his love letter to you. The Bible is literally like the Lord's love letter to you. He has so many promises for you, so many blessings in store for you, but I want you to know all of them and to walk and live in your God-given purpose, knowing everything God has in store. I like recommending uh, starting with the book of John because, oh, girl, when you hear how much Jesus fights for you and wants you to have a good, happy life, oh, it's so amazing. (laughs) Uh, So... On this podcast, we did an entire study on the book of John. So rewind a few episodes back and we we can definitely enjoy the book of John together. Sisters in Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you complete and total purpose over your body, mind, and soul in the name of Jesus and give you peace, mercy, and favor forever and ever. Amen. So that's it for today's episode of the God the Wood Girl Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. Have any questions? DM me anytime on Instagram or send an email to hello at godthewoodgirl.com. I'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to grab my free Find Your Purpose Toolkit to help you get started living God's purpose for your life at purposegift.com. Thanks for listening, God the Wood Girl. I'll see you on the next one.